Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. How's it going, Fuel for Life Nation? I hope you're doing well. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend, Tyler Vela, host of the Freed Thinker podcast. Tyler grew up in a non-religious home and during his high school and college years turned to naturalism. And then in college, after listening to his philosophy professor, he decided to study further this idea that there is a God. Shortly after that, Tyler was saved after listening to a sermon which explained the gospel in a clear and coherent manner. He is now an elder candidate at a local church in the LA area and is a frequent guest on many Christian and skeptical podcasts and forums. What you're about to listen to is our conversation that will cover a wide range of topics that relate to people who are atheists, agnostics, and generally speaking, those that deny the existence of God or simply do not follow Jesus. Tyler is a former atheist and he speaks with incredible conviction about him coming to faith and the fact that Jesus is Lord and that the God of the Bible ultimately exists. And so I know that you will be supremely blessed and challenged by these episodes, regardless of whether you're a faithful follower of Jesus, an ardent atheist, or a skeptic who's sitting on the fence wondering what this whole Christianity thing is all about. So let's dive right into the content. So we're going to move into uh, the practical part, and and I think a ton of this was incredibly practical, and this is a lot of people submitted this question, and people are basically asking and saying, is it worth arguing with atheists since it's just their belief and we just all move on? And I mean, it's like, what what would you say to that? Do, 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 should you Should people just kind of say, okay, well... They're atheists. They're doing their stuff. I'm just going to quit wasting my valuable time on trying to win Facebook debates with them, and I'm going to go about my life. Or should we try to engage in a dialogue somehow? Uh, again, it, this is this is the, the the do you argue with a fool according to his folly? Use wisdom. Um, it is it is worth it. It is always worth evangelizing. It is always worth sharing the gospel and living as a gospel witness. Um, uh, you know, it's worth it because we're commanded to do that. That is the great commission um, to to go out to to all people of all tribes, all tongues, all nations, all belief systems, everything, and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Whether or not it's worth it to continue arguing with them about, say, the historicity of the Bible, um, or you know, what is the proper inter- interpretation of Genesis one um you know the, the you know about the problem of evil and those types of things i mean use wisdom that's me a case-by-case basis if it seems like you're just spinning your wheels and it's confirming this person right. more and more in their unbelief then no i mean don't don't 
don't continue. Um, one of the reasons why I continue publicly um, is because I have a public ministry for it. Mm. Um, it's not just my personal. I don't necessarily do this with my personal friends who are atheists. Um, but the reason why I continue with a lot of atheists, even to the point where I would have long before stopped with a personal conversation, is because I have. I'm aware that I have observers. I'm aware mm. that there are what are called balconiers. There are people that are on the side watching the dialogue unfold and i can't tell you how many times i've had people write me atheist believers everyone and say that not only appreciate them i tacked um, but they you know i've given them things to think about i've changed the way they've uh, viewed things i've so changed good. the way their beliefs so you know good. this this really angry atheist turned them off to their own atheism wow. uh, and if i if i hadn't kept pressing them to get them to reveal just how absurd their position is they wouldn't have ever seen it so i have a very public ministry so i probably go further in my debates than i would recommend most people to right. do in their in their private conversations totally understand so what do you think makes people leave the faith and become atheists because there are people who they were fervent believers they went to church they uh preached they sang in the choir they participated in all church activity and they essentially left the faith they became yeah. atheists what what do you think why do you think that happens um, a couple answers. The first one is, um, and this is kind of um, controversial, and a lot of people don't like hearing it. I, I don't think they were ever saved. Mm. Um, I don't think you lose salvation. I think uh, you know I'm a Calvinist. Uh, I, I hold the doctrines of grace. I think that God um, perseveres those who are His, mm. um, and that you persevere to the end. Um, now, there's always hope that that person might come back, but if if they fall away and they stay fallen away, um, I don't think they were ever in the family to begin with. Mm. Um, and, and to be honest, there's a lot of atheists who are like, no, I was sincere and all this kind of stuff. And I'll say, oh, you know, by your own confession, you don't think God exists. So, you know, if I ask you, were you in a real relationship with God? Can they say yes or no? But right? they, On their say, own? they say they, they were, they say they were sincere. Absolutely. Yep. They, you know, they prayed the prayer. They cried tears when they heard yep. the gospel. Okay. They, they were incredibly sincere, as sincere as they can be. Oh yeah, no, the, and I don't, I don't doubt their sincerity, but I, but I ask them, look, as an atheist, you don't believe God exists, right? Right. So they, they, we agree, you don't believe that God exists. So w if there was not a God for exists, did you have a real relationship with God? Well, no. So by by their own standard, they're going to have to say that they were deluded or mistaken or whatever that they weren't walking in a real relationship with God. I'm simply agreeing with them. If you've fallen away, I agree with you. You weren't walking in a sincere relationship with God. Now, you say it's because God doesn't exist. I say it's because you you never truly repented and believed, um, no matter how sincere you might have been. Um, so we just agree, but for different reasons. Um, so, But but they're going to fall away for all kinds of reasons. Some of it's going to be sin. Um, some of it's going to be that... Um, uh, that, they, that they never really came to a robust understanding of their faith. Some of it's going to be that they believe based on peer pressure, mm -hmm. and once that peer pressure kind of subsided, they they fall away. So this is why you'll you'll um, and you know while I know a lot of people love like youth camps and all this kind of stuff, I'm really I, I'm really skeptical when you get oh we had 40 youth you know make a profession of faith at that camp. Um, I know a lot, I, you know, I watch it happen and I see, you know, maybe one or two have a sincere profession, but other people, their friends are doing it and they want to do it. And, uh, I worry about those and I, and I worry and I, and I'd be interested in seeing statistics on how many of those people are still in fellowship at a church five years later. Wow. Um, so, you know, it, it might be, you know, false profession. I have found that a lot of people though, 
Um, it's just that they want to live an autonomous life. They don't want to have someone telling them um, what they can do with their genitalia, to be completely blunt. <laughs> um, there, there, there's a reason why so many people um, will reject Christianity, and then one of their major issues that they have um, is sexual ethics. Um, and whether or not sex should be reserved for um, for, for marriage or not. Uh, I can't tell you how many people, it's surprising, um, once they have fallen away, uh, have fallen into um, uh, not not necessarily polygamy, but polyamory, wow. um, where, you, where they want multiple partners and they want open relationships and, and all. Now, that's not everybody. I'm not saying that all atheists fall away for sexual sins, but I have found that to be one of the more common, more pervasive. Um, they want their sexuality to be their own and they don't want to have to answer to god for it um this by the way was aldous huxley's answer to why um they rejected christianity in in his youth um it, it was basically they wanted sexual freedom and they wanted sexual liberation um ultimately leading up to the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s wow but don't you believe that there's going to come a point in their life when i mean the way i i understand it and tell me how you understand it that there's a deep void within the heart of a person and until christ fills that void they're going to be constantly exhausted looking for things to satisfy them but they're always going to be found wanting Oh yeah, I think people are deeply religious, whether or not they understand that it's religion or not. You you will find a god. Um, right. You will find something to worship. It'll be self. It'll be image. It'll be sex. It'll be money, power. Um, it'll be happiness. It could be family. It could be you. There, there will be an idol to which their identity is wrapped up in that they will replace. Mm. Um, and the, and 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 when that fails, um, they will feel that their god has failed them, and they will move on to something else. So so since we're we're in a practical uh, part of it, and we we get that piece of it that people leave the faith and become atheists, they are not safe to begin with. Uh, what about um, the people that are not only are they morally good, like they they're not you know they're 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 a husband of one wife. They are very um, engaged in their community. They do community service. They uh, give money to different nonprofit organizations, and uh, they're very much uh, motivated by uh, self help. Or self-motivation. So, for example, um, just recently there was a um, a documentary that came out on Netflix about uh, Tony Robbins, and uh, the documentary. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's called "I'm Not Your Guru," and it's essentially a two and a half hour documentary that uh, chronicles a I think a five or six day uh, Tony Robbins event where people there's thousands and thousands of people they come to this event. It's a 12-hour day event, and essentially he speaks, he, sp- he, speaks, he uh, preaches, I would say, even, um, but it's very much, he kind of does what maybe some charismatic or Pentecostal circles do where they say, I feel like somebody in the room is needing some special assistance, please raise your hand because I'm feeling that's you, and then people would raise their hand, and he would come to them, and he would kind of do a, a full-on counseling session with this one person in front of about 5,000 people in the audience. And um, and what's what's really peculiar to me is that when he speaks, there's I don't know about his religious faith. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. Everything he says sounds exactly like what somebody who's preaching the gospel would say, but excluding the gospel. Yeah, 
Like everything yeah. is exactly how how we would counsel somebody, but the 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 ultimate answer is not that Jesus forgave you, so too you forgive others. It's no, you have to forgive yourself because you ha- you will unleash the power from within. So what? Yeah. How how would you respond to that? Um, it's law. the The problem is that is that 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 is. Um, that is works-based salvation. That is law. Mm. Um, there, there is no hope. There is only death in that message. But see, um, a, a lot of people would argue with that and say, "Well, isn't that good?" Like people come to the event, they they now for, have forgiven their you know their parents who abused them, their their spouse that left them. Isn't that good? At least in the general sense. Well, I mean, yes, in the general sense, but but I'm going to say, well, there's common grace. I mean, God makes the 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 you know the rainfall on the on the righteous and the unrighteous, right? I mean, there 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 is good that comes from secular counseling. It is good to forgive your parents. The problem is, is that that is, like I said, that's law. Um, that will that will never redeem the soul. Um, that will never that will never uh, help the soul find um, its rest uh, in its creator. Uh, it's actually going to be antithetical to it because it's gonna it's gonna create that that vicious cycle where I need to work to be good enough um, to get um, to, to I need to work for forgiveness. I need to I need to work hard. It's the, it's very the American religion. I need to work right. hard. I need to I need to work to earn people's love to earn people's trust. I, I need to work. I need to do well. And then what happens a week later after the revival when they go home and they, um, you know, are, are a schmuck to their spouse or they're bad to their kids or they lose their job or they do whatever. Right. Well, I guess I wasn't working hard enough. Right. I need to pay. I need to buy a whole nother ticket to go to another Tony Robbins. And you're just stuck in that work cycle. That is the religion, by the way, of the Canaanites. Mm. That is that is Baal. That is Astra. That that is the works based um, uh, religion where where you you know you cut yourself uh, and and scream to the heavens to try um, to get redemption, but there's no redemption there. There's a really, really good book um, by Michael Horton. Um, it's a two-part series. Um, one of them is called Christless Christianity, yep, which looks that. at this. It looks at um, kind of Joel Osteen and the Word of Faith and um, that kind of uh, everything following after Charles Finney uh, and how that is uh, really a paper gospel. And, and, and it really is, um, even though it's put on with a smile and it makes you seem like it's happy, it really is law, law, law. Um, it is not the gospel. Uh, and then part two is not just the criticism. It's okay, well, what is the gospel? And then it's he, he has other book called The Gospel Driven Life. Those are, I think, honestly, two of the best books written uh, for for practical Christian uh, living and ministry, probably in the last twenty years. But what if people say, like, uh, like they they like a positive message and that changed their life? Like, isn't that isn't that a good? Can we can we as Christians can we celebrate that? I mean. <sighs> It's hard. I mean, a positive message. This is this is, by the way, um, one of my f- funny things about Joel Osteen. If Joel Osteen was just a Christian counselor and he wasn't a pastor, he wasn't preaching, he wasn't taking up uh, the ministry of the church, I don't think I would have a problem with Joel Osteen. Um, I, you know, if if this was just was, look, I'm just out here to to help people be encouraged and be and be and be happy, and I'm not trying to present the gospel, and I'm not trying to you know sermonize people on Sundays and and all this kind of stuff. I don't think many people would take notice. Um, but because he is replacing the gospel with that message, th- th- he's saying this is what the church does. 
um, there's a problem. And ultimately, I'm going to say, look, a positive message in the right context is fine. The problem is, like I said, it doesn't bring health to the soul. It doesn't bring you reconciliation to God. Um, the, the common example given is, is your oncologist. If you go to your oncologist and you have cancer, do you want a nice, happy, positive message? Oh, just, you know, just be good. Everything will be, everything is going to be fine. Right. You're healthy. You're, you know, you just got to work harder at living a healthy lifestyle. No, I want the message that I am dying. I want wow. the message of I am dying and this is the cure. Um, that's what I, you know, I, I, I want that message. I want the truth, even if it, even if it's not necessarily a happy message. Although at the same time, the gospel is the happiest. It is the best message. It just comes with a prick first, right? I mean, Spurgeon used to say, um, for example, that the law is the needle um, that has to poke you before you pull through the the oh, red, crimson so silk of the gospel. So then what what would you say to uh, people who say like, um, we want to we want to love people because this is the two main things. We want to love people and we don't want to judge. And those two items immediately come up when you're starting to talk about sin and repentance and those kinds of things. Because a lot of people don't talk about that stuff because it doesn't make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And part of me wants to just say at that point, I'm not sure those people, and I don't mean to keep saying this to be cheeky and I, and I don't mean to be judgmental. I think it's a statement of fact. I don't think they've read and understood their Bibles. Mm. Uh, I think that is a different Jesus. That is a different message than what the Bible says. Now, you, that doesn't mean that you are wrong. That doesn't mean you therefore have to believe the Bible is true. But if you're going to say that the Bible is the authority for your life, that's not the message of the Bible. The Bible very clearly tells us to be discerning of what is sin, what is not, to share the gospel. That Remember I said to declare, to right. go to the city gate, to bang on the door and say, you are living in rebellion to your creator, to the holy God. Lay down your arms or he will come and take them. Wow. Um, that that is part of the message. However, the other side of that corn is the gospel. It, it is the good news of Jesus Christ that God Himself has taken the punishment for us. That God Himself has laid down His life, and you don't understand how beautiful that is. You don't understand how beautiful that this conquering King has become a servant to you until you realize how undone and how uh, how much this King could have conquered you uh, otherwise. Wow. Um, and so, so I, I just I don't see I, I just don't think that that type of kind of sappy sentimentalism is the message of the scripture. So good. So so Tyler, um, this has been incredibly valuable. What what is something like in conclusion? What is one thing that what is a message you want to say? Let's say uh, right now there is a person listening to this podcast who is either an atheist, an agnostic, uh, somebody who's on the fence, like, what would you say to an atheist who's listening to this? Like, you, you have, you, imagine you're having coffee with them, imagine they're listening to this and they're like, oh my goodness, I, I can totally blow all of Tyler's arguments out of the water, <laughs> which probably they can't after all this talk we had, but what would you say to them? Uh, I mean, contact me if you want to, uh, but really, the... It's, again, it's hard because you have to use wisdom. It's a case-by-case -case basis based on what their objections are, what their arguments are. Um, my, my biggest call to atheists, apologetically, not evangelistically, apologetically, is to stop reading 
infidels.org to stop reading Richard Dawkins, to stop reading, you know, Richard Carey, to put down these kind of fundamentalistic, really shallow versions. What about patheos.com? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to pick up the really heavy, weighty, academic, well thought out people from the opposing view. If, if I'm going to object to something, I want to object to the most robust, defensible version of that thing that I can. I don't want to just bowl over straw men and go on my merry way. If something is going to be true, it's going to be true in the most robust form. Um, and so for these atheists, I'm going to say find the most well-read, uh, robust, articulate, uh, loving, gospel-centered Christian church, whatever. Go there, ask your questions. If they don't have answers, try to find someone who does. Every Christian is not going to be an expert on everything. They might not have the answers uh, to what you're looking for. Keep asking. Awesome. And what would you say to somebody who is in the second group that might be listening who they're not an atheist, they're not an agnostic, however, they're kind of on the fence. They're they're wondering if they should follow Jesus, but yet they're still pulled to the other direction. What would you say to them? Um, I would say that the gospel is a wedding proposal. The gospel calls you, um, you are you are like a ship that is set to port. Um, if you don't come into port, if you don't come into the lighthouse, if you don't come in and refuel and you miss the port, um, you may die at sea. Um, it, it, wow, it, is, so it, is, it is a wedding proposal calling you. You can't, if the love of your life uh, is calling you to marriage, you can't forever delay saying yes or no. Um, to, because at, at a certain point, saying wait is going to be saying no. Wow. Um, there, there is a point where, where there will be a, where you, you, you will have run out of food, you'll have run out of gas, you'll have run out of, you'll have run out of time. Um, take, take the gospel seriously. Um, uh, respond in repentance and faith um, to your Creator. Amen. And what would you say to the third group of people listening who are Christians, who follow Jesus, who are part of a local church, and what's something that you can say to encourage them to fight the good fight of the faith? Um, I, I mean, the, the, the encouragement is that our God is, is a mighty God, that our God is creator, um, that he is savior, and that he is sovereign. Um, we know, my, my pastor loves the saying, that um, we are thankful that God can still strike a straight blow with a crooked stick like me. So good. Um, it, it is not um, your job to convert someone. It is your it is your job. It is your mission. It is your is your command by by your savior to share Christ with them. God is the one that will make it effectual or not. So don't don't be afraid to share Jesus with people. Don't be afraid to to talk with people about uh, the scriptures, about um, what repentance and faith and life with Christ looks like, what Jesus has done for you, uh, and the hope of the resurrection. Don't be afraid to share those things because the power is in the gospel. Um, it, it's it's not going to be reliant on you. Amen. All right, Tyler, thank you so much for coming into the Fuel for Life podcast. We very much appreciated it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate coming on. Absolutely. Well, all right, Fuel for Life Nation, thank you for listening to this content. I hope you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, please share it with your social network. And for more information about Tyler and to listen to his incredible podcast, please visit freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com, freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by his message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. 
It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.